Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at the three Disneyland hotels, the on-site benefits, and what you should think about if you're deciding to stay at one of them. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special thank you to Celsius and Natlas2009 for your recent reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you found we've been helping you plan your Disney vacations and you'd like to support us regularly or with a one-time donation, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Contact us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from Athens, Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, we are going to take a trip back to the West Coast. We're going to take a look at Disneyland. Leslie, you have finally stayed at all three Disneyland hotels. And so we thought it might be a good time to just talk about the Disneyland on-site hotels and you know how that's different from Disney World, but also um, what you should or should not think about when you're considering to stay at a Disneyland on-site hotel. How's that sound? That sounds great. I've been living and breathing Disneyland, so I'm always glad when we have a chance to go west and I can share some of my expertise there. And uh, let's just throw this in really quickly. We generally don't like kind of talk about what's going on live too much because we try to keep these things as evergreen as possible. But when you hear this, Leslie may or may not have decided to go to Disneyland last minute because Star Wars Galaxy's Edge crowds have been so low. Leslie, what do you think? What percentage chance do you think there will be that you'll take a random trip to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? I'd say at this point, it's under 50%. I mean, I'm really hoping to try to do it because, I mean, gosh, when is Disneyland ever going to be empty again? But real life and logistics seem to be getting in the way. But I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> That's a bummer. But for those of you who don't know who uh, what we're talking about, they just opened up Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to all guests. Like, you don't need a reservation anymore. And the crowds have been pretty low. So Leslie has been very tempted. I have been very tempted to go over as well. But... I digress. Let's talk about Disneyland hotels. Um, so let's start with this, Leslie. We had a whole entire episode about reasons to stay on site at Disney World, but I don't think we need to dedicate an entire episode to that for Disneyland. And why is that? What are the what are the benefits or what is the one benefit you get for staying at a Disneyland on site hotel? Well, the one real benefit you get on site at Disneyland is extra magic hour. And I say that singular, not plural. There is one extra magic hour daily at Disneyland. It is uh, one park per day um, on, I'm going to have to remember my days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Ooh, is, I think that's right. Oh, darn, I'm going to get them wrong. Living and breathing Disneyland, huh? Living Uh, and breathing Disneyland. (laughs) I used to know this off the top of my head. Okay, let me try that again. You get in early at Disneyland Park on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and you get in an hour early at Disney California Adventure on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. I was close. I was getting there on DCA, but uh, <laughs> I got derailed. So You literally had a 50-50 shot, but anyway. <laughs> well, there's seven days of the week. They don't divide that's equally. That's true. That's true. Exactly. That's some bad math on my part. All right. So uh, extra magic hour. So one hour before the park opens to the general public. Exactly. One hour in the morning. And it's really extra magic hour, morning extra magic hours at Disney World. They're kind of a mixed bag. They make the parks much more crowded. But at Disneyland, it's really a real benefit. I mean, there are only three on-property hotels. So how many guests do you actually have flooding the parks? Not as many. Nowhere close to the number that you're going to have at Disney World. And that's really when I find it's the best time to hit certain attractions 
So that's really the value to me. That's why I pay to stay on property at Disneyland the times that I do is to access that extra magic hour and really beat the crowds, especially like when crowds are heavy and you know it's going to be a crush in the middle of the day and you're not going to get to ride anything. So that's a benefit. So two more questions for you. Uh, I know at Disney World, there's like no fast pass going on during the extra magic hours. Is that the same at Disneyland? So you can't redeem. I mean, the, the windows don't start for redemption, but you can start booking fast passes. So in Disneyland, everything's same day. There's no pre-booking of fast passes. You get in, you know, you only do it when you get into the parks. And if you have Max Pass, you can get into the parks during extra magic hour and you can start booking those fast passes, but they don't start until an hour later. So, you know, if opening, if extra magic hour is at seven, park opening is at eight, you'll start getting fast pass return times that are like eight, eight thirty. And then what about if you're using the kiosks? Are those open early too? You know, I haven't used them in so long. I'm pretty sure that they are, but uh, I can't, I don't, Ma- buy MaxPass, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you really should buy MaxPass. I, I, I haven't gone with that MaxPass since it's been released. All right. And then last question regarding the extra magic hours. So you say you get in an hour early. Do they let regular guests in like 15 minutes early before opening? Or is it like if opening is at 9 a.m. on that day, the regular guests are in at 9 a.m. So extra magic hour people get a full hour. Extra magic hour people do get a full hour. They do often allow people in prior and they hold them behind a rope. So even, you know, you may be in the park as an extra magic hour guest and running around Fantasyland and everybody else is being held at Main Street. But it really does depend on the day. The operations are very different you know, because the the opening time varies, you know, sometimes it's 7am, sometimes it's 8am. So it really, it really does depend. But yeah, usually they hold people behind a rope. And then everybody who's EMH has is already through and in and allowed to move around freely. All right. So should we talk about the three hotels? Sure, sure. Before we before we jump into that, I should just mention there are occasionally some ancillary benefits of being on property. Like, for example, when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, people who stayed on property at Disneyland got a guaranteed uh, reservation time to get into the land. I anticipate that Disney will be doing something like this more often because honestly, they need a couple of more benefits to be given to on-property guests. I mean, that one hour is just not quite enough. And uh, so I, I have a feeling that Disney's going to start experimenting with a couple other things. And they've already added things like you can you know, call a special reservation line and they, they sometimes hold some extra dining reservations for on-property guests. And that can get you into Blue Bayou at 5 p.m. But, you know, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think Disney's going to experiment with this more. That's just my you know, unfounded speculation. Got it. So let's uh, tackle these hotels one at a time. You want to go cheapest to most expensive? Uh, yeah, let's start with the cheap one because that's the one I just stayed in. The cheapest of these hotels is Disney's Paradise Pier. And it is also, I guess, technically the furthest. I mean, all of the three Disneyland hotels are within walking distance. But Paradise Pier is not a hotel that was built by Disney originally. And it it kind of shows. I think it was built by a Japanese company um, and I don't, Disney's owned it in recent decades, maybe maybe at least a decade. Yeah, it's, it's the smallest and it's the cheapest, but it's not cheap. So if people think it's a value resort at Disney, they're, they're way off. I mean, the prices, I just paid over $400 a night to stay at Paradise Pier. So that's well into deluxe territory, but uh, the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian, it is not. Got it. So what's kind of special about Paradise Pier or is it, uh, you know, what are the kind of unique features that make it stand out? What are the special Disney touches that they make? The happy touches since it's Disneyland, not Disney World. They're not magical over there. That's right. That's right. So 
Disney touches wise, I mean, the theming is old school boardwalk, um, Paradise Pier, sur- surf theme, I would say. But but it's actually getting a little bit mixed up right now because Disney's a little bit schizophrenic because, of course, the Paradise Pier area that used to be in Disney California Adventure is now gone. It's Pixar Pier. So Disney's got this hotel that doesn't really fit in with the theming of the park anymore. So they did add giant Pixar balls to um, pillows to the beds. So there, I guess there's a little bit of a Pixar touch and maybe at the next renovation, Disney will go all in with the Pixar theme. But right now it feels very California boardwalk and, and uh, that sort of theming. There's really not a lot at Paradise Pier in terms of amenities. I mean, it's, it's a hotel. It's very utilitarian. The rooms are cute and, and whimsical for, for kids there's a, a cute pool. I mean, the pool is a lot of fun, obviously, with a the surf theme. They go all in with a pool. And there is a character meal on site with Donald Duck now. It used to be used to be with Mickey. And now Donald Duck is the host character and they play beach music and kids get to dance. So so that's that's really what the hotel is about. I mean, the reason people stay at Paradise Pier is because it is the cheapest option that gets you on property benefits. And that is the reason I stayed there during Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is because I wanted that reservation and it was the cheapest hotel that got me there. But when the price differential is smaller between the other two Disneyland hotels, I think they are worth the premium. Cool. Um, last question before we get to that. How far is your walk from Paradise Pier to the parks? So I'd say 12 minutes. It's not quite 15. So the Paradise Pier is the farthest. It's very exact, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on whether I'm with my kids or not, right? It's 15 when I'm with my kids. But yeah, you walk basically through the far end. You you enter the same place into downtown Disney that you would from the Disneyland Hotel. You just have a little bit further to get there. And you go through the downtown Disney side security entrance, which is shorter. So that's really one of the benefits to me is there are two entrances into downtown Disney. One is on the harbor side. That's where all the off-property hotels are that I usually stay in. And that one can really get backed up because there's so many more hotels, so many more people coming through that entrance. So I do, I did really like that for when I stayed at Paradise Pier the walk and the security lines were just much, much shorter. And, and that's important on a, a crowded Disneyland day. Got it. All right. So let's move up one hotel. What is next? I guess technically the, well, in terms of price, at least the Disneyland hotel is the next one up. Questionable whether or not it's necessarily the the next tier up in terms of quality, because I think it's a, it's a toss up sometimes between the Disneyland hotel and, and the third and final, the Grand Californian. But yeah, price-wise, the Disneyland Hotel is usually the middle of the three hotels. It's it's all over the map what you'll pay. I mean, I'd say if you find anything in the 300s, I mean, it's a steal. And the 400s are rare <laughs> these days too. It's much more often, you know, 500 plus. So that's the price point we're talking here. Again, very much deluxe level. But I mean, I adore the Disneyland Hotel. So let's just get my bias out there on the table. It is my favorite Disney hotel anywhere in the world. It's tough because I love the poly too. So Wow, though, that's high praise. I know, I know. Well, the reason I love it is because I'm such a Disney history geek and you are too. And it's one of those places like when you walk into the Disneyland Hotel, you feel like you're walking on hallowed ground. I mean, this was the hotel that was opened just a few months after Disneyland itself opened. It wasn't owned by Disney at the time, but it was owned by a close friend of Walt, Jack Rather. And everything there just oozes history. I mean, that, like, I feel like 
I'm walking in original Disneyland when I, when I go there. So maybe that's just me <laughs> that, that that's why I love it so much, but there's so many magical Disneyland touches that make it, I think the most Disney, like if you're a Disney fan, that's, this is where you want to stay. I mean, this is the hotel that has a pool with a giant monorail slide. This is the hotel that has Trader Sam's. If you like your tiki room kind of style activities, this is the hotel that has light up headboards that are in the shape of the castle that play, you know, a song. Tears are going to come to your eyes when you stay at the Disneyland hotel. That's just me though. I mean, there are some downsides. I'd say the hotel is feeling a little bit dated. You know, it definitely could use a couple of upgrades, especially in the rooms. The common areas have gotten a lot of recent upgrades and are fantastic, but the rooms themselves are a little bit more like airport Marriott than they should be. And I I think it's probably overdue for a renovation and, you know, soon, but the problem is just Disneyland's only got three hotels. So taking one hotel out of the rotation, even, you know, a tower at a time is pretty significant. So I'll have to wait for the dust to settle on Galaxy's Edge and crowds before Disney does that. Um, Well, that's a pretty good soft sell there, Leslie. Don't think think I'm interested (laughs) in that hotel at all. But before we move on, so you said that the Disneyland hotel can be as low as 300, but generally closer to four or 500. I know you had said that um, Paradise Pier costs you $400. I just want to make sure listeners know that that's because you stayed there during Star Wars Galaxy's Edge's opening weekend. So, you know, Paradise Pier, like we said, is going to come in a little bit lower than Disneyland Hotel. So what is it normally at, like kind of on an average, you know, what are the prices that you normally see there? I think that's getting to be close to the new normal. I mean, it's it's regularly more like in the 300s, but I definitely have seen 400s for Paradise Pier. I mean, I didn't pay a super huge premium during Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I I booked it pretty early and I got one of the the lower prices. And I I certainly have seen the hotel at 500 Wait, so- a night. Why does anyone ever stay there instead of Disneyland Hotel? If I mean, the way you're saying it, the prices seem pretty close to me. No, I mean, there's usually, I'd say, a $50 to $100 differential. So when Paradise Pier is at $400, Disneyland Hotel is at $500. So it it's really just depends season, uh, seasonally. The, the seasonal prices vary a ton. You'll pay significantly higher prices during the summertime, at Christmas time. There's just more variability in the pricing. I actually, we'll, we'll share a link in the show notes. I did a post on my own blog, a comparison between Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian, where I did a deep dive on price comparisons at different times of year. So you can kind of see the spread. But yeah, I mean, people stay at Paradise Pier because it is cheaper. I've never really seen Paradise Pier, you know, within $10 of the Disneyland Hotel because everybody would book the Disneyland Hotel. Got it. Got it. Before we move on to the last hotel at Disneyland, how far is the walk? Is Disneyland Hotel closer to the parks or the same as a Paradise Pier walking wise? So it's probably about two minutes shorter than Paradise Pier. So maybe 10 minutes is what I'm going to give it. You you do walk through that same downtown Disney entrance and then you stroll through the entire entirety of downtown Disney before you reach the Esplanade and the two parks. It's pretty quick. What both hotels actually, we didn't mention this, have is access to the monorail. There is a monorail station at the end of downtown Disney. So you would walk out of the hotel and through security and then you could hop on the monorail which drops you into Tomorrowland. So that is one option for transportation. And that's one thing I do like to do. I mean, like the like the monorail at Walt Disney World, there are downtimes and breakages. <laughs> so, and in fact, when it gets really hot in the middle of the day, the monorail can't run because it's not air conditioned. So <laughs> that's something like I've definitely bumped up against that. Couldn't take the monorail home and we had to walk with the kids. But when you can ride it, it's glorious. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let that one sit. Okay, last <laughs> last hotel, uh, the Grand Californian. Tell me about that one. All right, so Grand Californian is widely regarded as the most luxurious of the three. Like I said, I might have a little bit of a disagreement with that because I do love the Disneyland hotel the most. But the Grand Californian, you know, if you're somebody who has to stay at a Four Seasons or a Mandarin Oriental, this is where this is the only place that makes sense for you to stay. But it's not quite Four Seasons or Mandarin for Oriental in terms of its quality, but it is the most luxurious. Like This is the hotel that has the spa. They definitely have gone with lower key Disney theming to kind of please the guest who wants a little bit of a break from the Disney madness. So, I mean, that's that's where I guess I've taken issue with it in the past is that I want a little more Disney. If I'm staying to pay, you know, paying to stay at the Disney bu- bubble, um, then I want I want Disney with that. And I would say that there was a renovation done the last couple of years and it finished up about 12, 18 months ago. And they redid all of the rooms at the Grand Californian and made them lighter and brighter. It was a very dark theme. And I think they did a great job with that. And they did add a few more Disney touches in the rooms. Like there's a, a beautiful mural behind every headboard with Chip and Dale climbing an orange tree which is appropriate for the California theming, of course. So I I do really like the rooms. I mean, the rooms are the most luxurious. The lobby is the most like Wilderness Lodge designed by the same uh, person. So if you kind of come in and and see this, you know, gorgeous arts and crafts style, um, you know, all the way up to the the top floor, I think it's about six or seven floors, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Yeah, so really a breathtaking scene. And um, a lot of very nice dining experiences. Napa Rose is probably one of Disney's Disneyland's best restaurants, and that's located in the Grand California. And that's where they have the $125 princess character breakfast that I just tried on my last trip. So uh, <laughs> you can definitely spend some money there. Disney knows where their red's buttered when it comes to the Grand California. The, the reason that a lot of people stay there is there's a private entrance into Disney's California Adventure Park. So if we're going to talk distance, I mean, I've been in my room and I've been in a park two minutes later if my room was close to that entrance, which it has been sometimes. So that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Also, I'm just imagining you sitting there with a stopwatch as you're walking to Disneyland from all these places. Your numbers are so precise. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, three minutes matter. Like, well, you have to realize I, I used to be an attorney in a previous life and we build in six minute increments when I was an attorney. So this is how I treat Disneyland is with uh, lawyerly efficiency. I'm, I'm really uh, glad you dropped your rates to do this podcast with me. Otherwise, I'd be uh, pretty poor right now. <laughs> That's right. So two, I mean, two to five minutes to California Adventure maybe eight minutes to Disneyland Park because that's a little further away. You got to cross the Esplanade to get there. All right. Awesome. So wrapping up, any final details about the hotels that we need before I make you rank them? Well, we got to we gotta talk price about the Grand California. We forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. This comes at a price. <laughs> and I the prices keep going up. Like I, I'm always shocked at sort of how much the Grand California cost. And yet I see it creeping up even more lately. And maybe that's because of the renovation. Maybe that's because, you know, the people who are willing to pay for the location or, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Um, There's a lot of money in California. I've, of course, run into Gwen Stefani in the lobby of the Grand Californian. So we know who stays there. Okay. That's Um, a little humble brag right there, but I didn't say, (laughs) I didn't like hang out with her or anything. I just saw her there. Don't lie. Um, You're best friends with Gwen Stefani. Continue. I am. So, uh, 
I'd say anything under 500 for the Grand Californian is rare, and that's when you should pay for it. Grand Californian, I'd say 500 to 750 is what you're talking about for a standard room. And these are standard room prices just that we've been bantering about. So if you want something special, you know, be prepared to pay even more. But yeah, it's well into the 700s during holidays and peak periods um, per night. And that's that's really hard for me to swallow. I mean, that's what I pay for like the nicest of, you know, Fairmonts in, you know, the world. And that's that's a lot of money. So if you can afford it, more power to you. Wow. Okay, so um, why don't we rank these hotels? It sounds like Disneyland Hotel is at the top for you, correct? Yeah, it still is. It still is. Um, Disneyland's number one. Grand Californian is a close second. I really do like the Grand Californian when the price is not so high. And Paradise Pier is definitely number three. I mean, and by a mile. I mean, the reason you stay there is to save money. So you gotta have you gotta find it when it's there's a big price differential. Right. So you're just staying at Paradise Pier to uh, get the benefits of the extra magic hour. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Pretty much. I mean, I guess the pool's the pool is probably the number two pool. So I, I do like the pool at Paradise Pier better than the pool at the Grand Californian, which is kind of not Disney enough, like I was mentioning. So I guess if you have young kids, there could be some value in staying there. Cool. All right. So why don't you close this out with a Disneyland hotel do or don't? Quick Disney do, even if you're not staying at one of the Disneyland hotels, I do highly recommend dining there. There are quite a few good restaurants, including a character meal at all three of them. So this is something I like to do on maybe my arrival or my departure day when I'm not going to be buying a park ticket. There's a dinner at Disneyland Hotel, Goofy's Kitchen. There's also breakfast there as well. And then, like I mentioned, there's the very expensive Princess Character Breakfast at the Grand Californian, and then the Donald Duck Seaside Breakfast at Paradise Pier. So definitely consider a character meal. And if you are coming, if you are driving from somewhere else, they will validate your parking at each of the hotels for, I believe, three hours. So you can pop in and then, you know, hit the road to go home or, you know, hit the road to go to the airport and uh, squeeze in a little bit of extra Disney magic courtesy of the, the hotel restaurants. Awesome. Thanks so much. I really need to get over to Disneyland and, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see if the extra magic hour is worth the uh, Disneyland Hotel Premium for myself. Fair enough. We'll get you here eventually. All right. Well, thanks so much. If you have any thoughts on Disneyland Hotels, uh, any tips or tricks that Leslie missed, you know, you can let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. As always, you can find old episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts. And if you'd like to support the show, check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, Leslie, thanks for enlightening me about Disneyland Hotels, and I will see you in the lobby of the Grand Californian, even though it's not your favorite. Thanks, Joe.